0: Yes, and happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday, October the 19th. There was a really, really good Monday night football game last night. There was a baseball game last night where one team really, 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 really played well and hit the ball an awful lot, really hard. And the NBA starts today, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's officially basketball season someplace, and I know that we have a lot of people that listen to this show who probably don't care about the NBA. It's basketball season somewhere. Games are going to be played tonight by really good teams. Uh, There are stories all over the place. So I, I'm in an exceptionally good mood. I did what I said I was going to do last night. I watched baseball almost in its entirety. Did you? I didn't make it clear to the end because, I mean, let's face it, when it's eleven three, what do you need to stay awake for? <laughs> um, I watched more football than I expected to later than I expected to because I think at 8-3, I started kind of cruising back and forth a little bit and then just kind of... there's a. There's a little more action in a football game to keep, you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I
0: mean, baseball keeps me when guys are hitting baseballs. That, and In fact, I, I think we should look. I'm not sure where Kyle Schwarber's home run landed. Yeah. It may not have yet.
1: <laughs> that dude, he, he is the, like, streakiest of home run hitters where he will hit nothing for months. And when he gets on a tear, it is scary. And he is on a tear.
0: Well, I know this. A lot of guys in baseball get geared up and want to go to Hacken at three zero, And because they get geared up and they want to go to Hacken and it's three zero, they oftentimes miss a pitch that they really should hit. They know what's coming. It's going to be a right. fastball. It's probably not going to be belt high exactly, but it's got a good chance. And Schwarber, he didn't miss any of that ball at all. <laughs>
1: no, he got every bit that you could get of that thing.
0: I don't know how. I mean, I don't know how he's done it in his career because he has been exactly what you described. It used to just be that he just needed to play the Reds all the time because he would just <laughs> homer like a madman every time he played his hometown team. But the ball he hit last night was one that made me say, "Yeah, I'm not turning this channel <laughs> for a while because they just they're on an ungodly roll." So if you di- if you didn't get to see it, uh, the Red Sox beat Houston twelve to three. Dusty was a little bit of dusty last night. <laughs> He was a little bit of old Dusty. Like It looked like he just decided, you know what, your Akiti doesn't have it. We're just going to let him eat one. He's just going right, to take one it. for the team as if it, like, like I, it's a Wednesday right, in June. I was going to say it's a Monday
1: in June, man. It's like, well, he ain't, he ain't got it. Well, I might as well leave him out there for a while as if it's not a seven-game series.
0: I kept saying to my wife, who cares not at all about any of it, but allowed me to watch it. I kept saying, he's not, not taking him out. He's not taking him out. He's just going to let it ride. And then he did one of those deals where when he finally went and took him out, it was like, really? Why now? <laughs> what, what was the trigger? And I'm sure there are Astros fans were very unhappy, but I'm just a baseball fan. And what Boston's doing right now is absolutely phenomenal. Two grand slams in game two. That never happened in a postseason game before. Three grand slams in two games. That's never happened in a postseason before. The Red Sox had three grand slams all season. <laughs> yeah, who's counting, though? Who's got, counting? They've man? got three this week. <laughs> so it it was um, something. And and again, if you didn't watch it, that's okay, because you were probably watching football. And by the way, the Bills lost. <laughs> 34-31, the Titans take out the Bills last night. Um, I don't know how much time we want to spend on it, because it's just a show open. But let me ask you, don't you just kick a field goal and play for overtime? You would think... Um, I understand or, when, when you're the road team or whatever. I I don't get that rule. You go for the win on the road, tie at home. I, I don't understand. Don't care. Coin flips, coin flip. I don't, I don't care. But you're in a dog fight. I mean, and and, and the fourth quarter really hasn't been your quarter. And I, I just think overtime would have made more sense. No,
1: it absolutely. I I guess if you are if you you're gonna say all right, to hell with it. We're throwing caution to the wind. We're we're gonna we're gonna do it. Do you do you have something better than that? Do you? Uh, did you
0: hear? Did you hear uh, Kyle or Josh Allen's comments? I did not. He, he's not a big fan of the quarterback sneak. It's, it's not his favorite play call. i yeah, that's a, I'm not sure how many quarterbacks would say it is their favorite. play I was going to say call.
1: is that that's a, that seems to be something. I guess I never knew existed that quarterbacks didn't like the quarterback sneak. But that's the second time in a couple weeks that it's come up. Um, I would think if I was that big, I I, I probably
0: would be like, I like my chances <laughs> here. The, th- I see like the, the thing about the quarterback sneak is you have to lead with your head. And True. number two, number two, if you don't get down early and get it done, and even if you're getting down fairly early, you when you quarterback sneak, you can't protect any part of your body from wherever they want to come after you. Like, you just have to get the ball from point A to point B – and, and they don't have any way to, to, to protect themselves and they're leading with their head. And I get why they don't like it. Uh, and and maybe, maybe I'm being you know, hindsight guy when I say you should have kicked the field goal. I just felt like in, in that moment, you know what, it's not been a great fourth quarter. Things haven't particularly gone well for this team really in the second half. Um, how, how about if we just play for overtime? Because I think they, they're the more talented team. Yeah, see, like, and that's generally
1: the consensus is if you feel like you're a more talented team, you want to extend the game because the longer this thing goes on, the more likely it is that you're going to win.
0: More snaps favors the more talented team.
1: And then, and and I don't know, probably 95 times out of 100, I am straight on, be aggressive, go win the goddamn football game. And then last night it was like, hmm, I don't know, brother. I don't know man. Here, here's the
0: part that was that was more I guess surprising to me than anything else that happened in the sports weekend is they didn't get an inch and a half. <laughs> they, in a, in a quarterback sneak with well, a 6 foot I, 6 quarterback. I, I don't care what league I How you don't I mean they didn't need very much distance at all. They didn't move that ball an inch and a half. I, maybe they didn't move it a half an inch. And I <laughs> I, i'm i was shocked at that and again maybe that's the whole hindsight thing but i i legitimately was saying right up to the snap don't 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 do this kick 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 the field goal
1: well and i feel like at that at that close you're not go like i I think originally I'm like oh they're gonna go out there and you know try to draw them off sides or whatever you're at the two yard line you're not trying to draw anybody off sides. you're not trying to you know move that ball a little closer it just was all right hey let's line up and do this i just think if you if your idea is all right let's line up and do this you better have something better than than that give give Josh Allen an option give him the dude is an athletic freak roll him out get him a wide open receiver do something other than all right, we're going to snap to you, and you dive forward. Um, I don't know; you probably haven't seen uh, today in his astute uh, analysis of the game. Chris Broussard on Speak for Yourself uh, on Fox Sports One said, "You know that's a really dumb call to make after the Bills lost their all tackle or all pro left tackle Taylor Lewan. Uh, the problem would be that Taylor Lewan plays for the Tennessee Titans and not the." Not the Buffalo Bills, but he's like, "How do you call that play after your
0: All-Pro tackle Taylor Lewan leaves the game?" I, and well, it, and a, what's your response? Because Broussard's a pretty straightforward guy and usually owns it, but when you step in it that bad, somebody's right, going to call you on it. When
1: you got to say, "Well, actually, Chris, uh, yeah, you
0: know what? See, can Taylor. we take like a seven-minute commercial break?"
1: <laughs> Taylor Lewan <laughs> does not play for the Buffalo Bills, brother.
0: <laughs> can we take like a seven-minute commercial break? I think we should. So it was know. It was a great sports night. It was. And I am admittedly much more excited about the fact that the NBA starts tonight than the average human being. Don't get me wrong, people. I do understand the idea that there are 82 regular season basketball games and that it's tough to, to buy into something that lasts that long. And for most people, the season starts at Christmas, which is great. They do a great job of marketing that. It, it's just the idea. First of all, several things going on this year that are exciting to me. One is... Uh, Tristan Tom or, yeah, Tristan Thompson, not Tristan Thompson, Clay Thompson. Sorry, I was thinking about, Clay Thompson is going to get healthy at some point this year. He's going to be back on a court. That's that's exciting to me. Um, the Bucks are going to be trying to defend, and I hate that phrase, but defend a championship with a guy who f- flies in the face of everything I believe about the game and is 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 the league MVP and, and the Finals MVP and. Uh, Giannis is Giannis. I, I have said for the last three or four years, if a guy really can't shoot, I, I just can't buy into him. Uh, I watched the finals. I'm changing my mind. Giannis is just, he's the exception that proves the rule. And that guy's got it. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the Nets could be, could be the, the the best offensive team that the game has ever seen and be as close to unbeatable as you can be if they've got everybody healthy and intact, but they don't have. They still could win a title without Kyrie Irving. But they could also be an absolute tire fire before the season's over and I want to watch I can't wait to see <laughs> how that goes I really honestly I can't wait I because they're going to be entertaining basketball regardless of what's going on um, I don't know I just feel like there there's 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 two or three teams that got a great chance to win the NBA title and last year we saw what injuries can do to change that whole landscape and I, I'm an NBA guy so I can't wait so in honor of the NBA starting I'm actually going to have one one thing per segment for most of today's show it won't happen now but over the course of the show one thing per segment that is a a fun fact because the NBA is back and and getting started tonight. I'm excited about it. I can't help myself. You aren't. So you're yawning in there while I'm talking well, about no, it. no, uh,
1: you know, there's just uh I am in that camp of let me know when let me know when Christmas is here and I can watch the premier games and I I I don't think 82 games is as many as like, people have a big hang-up on 82, and my thing is, like, I just, I don't ever know who's playing who, when they're playing, and where I can watch it, um, which I used to think, like, I used to think, I, back in the day, NASCAR was on, like, five different channels, and people would bitch that they didn't know where to find it, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, are you that stupid? And now that I'm 31 years old, oh I don't I don't know. I don't know who plays on TNT, what night they play, where they play, when they play. Well, um, let, and and let I me, am that stupid.
0: Let me help you tonight because it's the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks on at 7:30 on TNT. That's 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 a good way to start. Somebody's going to get a ring, then they're going to go play a game and it's going to be a uh, recall back to the conference. Finals and and all that, that's exciting stuff. That's 7.30. Then at 10 o'clock on TNT, and again, I won't be able to stay up, but I'm going to try to stay up for at least (laughs) some of it. Golden State plays the Lakers. I don't know what Golden State is. Clay's not back yet, but Golden State's got Steph Curry. If Steph Curry's playing, I want to watch. If LeBron's playing, I generally want to watch. They're both on the same court. I'd like to watch. So that's tonight. And and then I'll kind of keep you filled in as we go. NBA TV carries a lot of their de- obvious games and TNT, but you, you got baseball tonight too, right? I mean, all over the place. There
1: are, there are a pair of baseball games. Tonight. Baseball
0: games, yes, there are baseball games and and baseball games on TBS and FS1, correct? Yes. The uh, TBS it, games start at five o'clock.
1: I believe so. Uh, f- let me let me double check. I, actually. Uh, Yes, TBS starts at five. Dodgers Braves, five o'clock Eastern time for a game in L.A. So two o'clock, a two o'clock start first pitch there for the Dodgers. Does
0: the fact that the Dodgers are down two nothing mean it's more likely that kids will skip school and go to the game, or less likely that kids will skip school? It's a to great, it's a great question.
1: <laughs> if you, let's say, Cookie, you are a Dodgers season ticket holder, you got tickets to Game Three, the NLCS. Starts at 2 o'clock this afternoon. You, you and your your kid going to school today? Or uh, uh, you, Mike? Micah going to school today? or
0: I, I'm going to say this. The likelihood <laughs> is, yes, son, go to school. I am getting a day off work, and I'm going to be with nobody. I, I'm going to have a seat open <laughs> next gonna, week. I'm going <laughs> to have an empty seat. I'm going to eat as much as I want and not worry about it. And I'm going to be not bothered or encumbered with responsibility for about three and a half hours. That's
1: it's a not bad way to look at Probably it. Probably
0: the take that I was going to go
1: with. I just always, I, I would... Uh, I would tell my wife this: that uh, you know what, oh, little Johnny here is going to learn more at the ballpark today than he is in uh, <laughs> in, in English class. I promise you, he's going to learn more about the English language today than he will from <laughs> from see? from Mrs. McClure's English class. The I'll tell you, the
0: and the don'ts. Yeah, and yep. the don'ts. So as you can tell, I'm excited. It was a big night last night. It's a big day today for a guy like me. And obviously, there's still a lot going on with baseball. There's a lot ahead in the playoffs. And we've got a whole lot of things we want to get to talking about. So we're going to take our 1st Don jiggy jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll get into our poll questions then start talking a little bit uh, of OSU, which we do each and every week and each and every day, it seems like. Yes, sir. And uh, I- I've still got my NBA stuff, so I'm going to throw that out there. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Searock, Cooking the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back get into the Basement doctor studio. John Cook and Garrett Seawright with you. We are Cookie and the Monster. Presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Poll questions for today, Mr. Seawright. Yes, sir. we got a pair
1: up at 931 fan on Twitter that we would love to have your thoughts, feelings, reactions, votes on. And you can vote on them until 545 at 931 fan. The first question is, which Browns injury is the most concerning? Now, anytime you have to ask that question and then follow it up by saying, on Twitter, you're only allowed to use four options. It's probably not a great uh, great situation for the Browns to be in. But we are asking whether it's more concerning that Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, or Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is out. Right now, 56% are saying Nick Chubb is the most concerning injury or the Browns.
0: Do you know how long it would take me to type Jeremiah Wilson Cornell.
1: <laughs> well, I got I got started, and you're only allowed to have 25 characters on a poll answer. And I think he was at like 23 or 24. I was worried that I was going to have to might just have go, to get rid of the hyphen. Right, <laughs> I was going to have to just J O K. And you're going to hope, hope, I'm hoping, probably I know you know who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, Nick Chubb, um, and that's not on top of Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills. Um, yeah, it's not not going well on the injury front front
0: for us. No, and I, and, I, and I I would have to agree uh that that Nick Chubb's maybe is the most concerning. However, however, I I, w- I would say that it's it's still possible Kareem Hunt is the one that's going to be out the longest. And yeah. th- and that would, yeah. that would that would that would to me that would make that a lot more valuable than just the 2.6% of the vote that we currently have. Um, I'm not taking anything away from JOK. Okay, love the guy, but the but he's he's not the marquee guy on the defense no. that's going to be the trend setter. And the bottom line is if your quarterback's out, if Mayfield's not there, that team can't be. I don't care I don't care how healthy the running backs are. That team can't be what they need to be, what they were expected to be without their quarterback. They just can't.
1: No, you're you're 100% right and if it is going to be Case Keenum, which the Browns say it's not, it is not Case Keenum
0: Case Keesum
1: Excuse me, Keenum, Keenum John uh. L.A., uh, uh, If it is going to be Case Keenum then you would definitely want Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt, Demetric Felton Dearness Jedrick Johnson, Wills. Jedrick Wills Jack Conklin You would want everybody A-OK uh, and that doesn't seem to be the case So that is our first poll question at 9 3 with the fan Our second question is, should Ohio State play an annual football game in Cleveland or Cincinnati, um, Ryan Day was talked about this, or was asked about this today, and said he would prefer to play in the shoe, which is a very good answer uh, yes, for, yes, for, for a lot yeah. of Ohio State faithful. Yes, it is. Eighty uh, percent basically agree. Seventy nine point four on our poll right now say Ohio State sh- should Ohio State play in an annual football game in Cleveland or Cincinnati. Eighty percent say no, and we'll tell you. Deeper, how we feel about it, coming up after the upcoming Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. But I, I thought it was a very good diplomatic answer there by Ryan Day today.
0: I, well, the only answer Ryan Day can afford to give. He may not be a politician, but you better be in that moment, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you better be in that Absolutely. moment. He, other questions, you could be a little more honest about that one. Just they get you an answer and go. Somebody, whoever coached him up, they were right. They were right. Great we're going to take yeah. our Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. You got until five forty-five to vote at nine three one the fan on Twitter. vote in our poll questions look forward to having you do that we'll check in on those a little bit later in the program we're going to come back and talk about just that one question should ohio state play neutral site games in ohio after this don Jenkins, jeweler timeout cookie and the monster 93 on the fan welcome back into the basement doctor studio john cook garrett c right with you here on lima sports radio 93 on the fan we are cookie and the monster and poll question today is, should OSU play neutral site games in Ohio? Um, not a concept I've put a lot of thought into, but one that I'm interested in because I was fortunate enough to be able to attend uh, a Buckeye game that wasn't uh, in, in the shoe. It wasn't a home game. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a road game, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um what was the genesis of the question? And again, let's review yeah. for whom, whomever may not have heard it. Ryan Day's response:
1: Yeah, so Ryan Day was asked today if he would like to play an annual game, and 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 he he was asked about specifically Cleveland, um, and it was basically in the same vein of you know Texas and Oklahoma play in Dallas every year, and Florida and Georgia play in Jacksonville every year, and um, the hope I, I believe is for uh, I think Arkansas and Texas A and M play in Dallas every year in Cowboy Stadium, and. Um, things like that should should Ohio State play an annual game in Cleveland. And Ryan Day was very uh, diplomatic in his answer, but eventually got to, uh, "I would rather play all of our home games in the shoe."
0: Fair point. Uh, as as you might as you might guess, correct response. However, however, I do, however, I do believe that there is some benefit to possibly saying things like, "Hey, you want to play Kent State in Cleveland?" Give Kent State a little money, give them a little bit of a boost. Yeah, you know, you pick the team. In Toledo. We we talked off air. Toledo and, and Ohio State played in Cleveland. I forget yeah, what year 2009, that was. Two
1: thousand nine, I believe. Two thousand nine.
0: Okay, so so here's here's my story, and th- this is a guy that is by nature a basketball human being, but I'm going to tell you that the best sports weekend of my life revolved around baseball and football. I had a longtime friend of mine. He actually was a varsity basketball player. the first year I coached junior varsity basketball while I was finishing college at Ada, He was a senior that year, and his, his dad was my mentor when I started teaching, and, and I student taught under him while I was, was finishing college as well. So I just was very close to the family. And he is as close to a maniacal fan of, of his teams as any human being I've ever. I mean, he's had some bad, bad, bad moments. When things didn't go well for his team, and I got to be a part of most of them because the phone would always ring, and it didn't matter what time. In fact, when when Saban and company, when he was at Michigan State and they knocked off the Buckeyes in what 98? 90, 98. 98, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a I got about a one thirty a. m. phone call that that night, and and my wife at the time, all she did when the phone rang, she said, "What the bleep, Hawk?" Because <laughs> we knew who it was, and she handed me the phone. And, and we talked, and, and it was awful, it was, but we got a lot of those. But the, the best sports weekend of my life was in 2002, in September. The Reds are closing Riverfront, which by itself was celebration-worthy, don't get me wrong. I, I believe they're closing Synergy Field, John. Uh, you know? Well, they were closing Riverfront. <laughs> 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 they were closing their old home before they opened the new one. And just so happened that that same weekend, Ohio State was scheduled to play the University of Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium. Is that what it is? is, what it, yeah, is? Yes. it used to be then? Yes. So, we're, so so my buddy wants to go. And we had an annual kind of tradition that started out as a Reds weekend with my buddy Hawk, his dad, another friend of ours, Tony, and me. And we would go and take a weekend and go watch the Reds for three straight games. And then when the Reds were just unwatchable <laughs> for, for part of that time, we started picking a Buckeye Road game to go to. So these two things get married together where we've got a Buckeye Road game and we've got Riverfront closing. And my buddy... Got us all tickets for all of it. Reds game Friday, Reds game Saturday, Reds game Sunday, Buckeye game with the, with the Bearcats on Saturday. The Saturday game for the Reds is a night game. The Buc- Buckeyes and Bearcats are playing in the middle of the day. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. I worked at Upper South Valley School. They picked me up on Friday like I took a personal day. And they picked me up mid—I took a half a personal day. They picked me up middle of the work day. We're driving down to Cincy and I... nice the
1: hangover. They're they're rolling up to the school. Don't (laughs) talk to me.
0: So they pick me up and we're headed down. I mean, I can't wait to get there because I'm going to see a whole baseball series and we've done that before, but I'm going to see a Buckeye game right in the middle. And that was the year the Buckeyes, for for what it's worth, they were pretty damn good that year. (laughs) They won a national (laughs) title. happened
1: to win a national championship. And,
0: And so we're going down and I said to him on the way down, I said, the only thing I know I don't want is I don't want Gino Gadulli's having the football with two and a half minutes to go and a chance to win this game. And everybody kind of laughed, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I was nervous because I thought Gino Gadulli was really good. We go down and we, we go to the Reds game Friday night. And about two innings in, it gets postponed because of rain. So we go back to the hotel. We actually you know hung out at a bar for a little bit. And then we went to the hotel. We woke up Saturday and we went to the Reds game first. But we could only stay because they were going to do a doubleheader, day-night doubleheader. So we go to the first Reds game for about as many innings as we can get, which is about three we end up walking across the parking lot because we've got to get over to, to PBS because the Buckeyes and and, Bing, and Bearcats are playing, and we got to get there. So we go, and we're there. Of course, if you remember that game very well, it came down to exactly what I described in the car. Uh, Gino Gadouli is driving the Bearcats down the field with a chance. 23-19, I believe, was the score. 23-19. And they've got a chance to beat. And, and during this like second set of four downs inside the 10, my buddy looks at me with as much hatred as I've ever seen a human being look at another human being with, considering we were going to sleep in the same room that night and we were going to spend <laughs> a lot of time together the next two days. And he says, you had to say it, didn't you? You had to say it, didn't you? Is this what you wanted? You And he and he called me really nasty names. Like he was angry at me. And, and the Buckeyes ended up hanging on. Chris Gamble switches from wide receiver to DB and, and they hang on. During that game, by the way, the first handoff of the game went to Lydell Ross and he was in the backfield and he went to make a cut and the field... Field was in terrible shape and Lydell Ross went down and my buddy yelled to the entire section tackle on the play by Mike Brown cheap ass son of a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was how our day started so we watched the Buckeyes win uh, by the way I shake Herb Williams's hand and Archie Griffin's hand on the way back over to the baseball stadium that was cool and we go to the night game we watch the Reds and then Sunday we go back and we watch the Reds close Riverfront, which was a whole nother story I could tell that I don't have time for. What, one of the coolest events in history. All the former Reds, and they painted a big 14 on the pitcher's mound since Pete couldn't be there. Ooh. It was kind of cool. But best sports weekend of my life. And I'm thinking to myself, if you could give me that, every time the, the, the Buckeyes play somewhere besides the shoe, sign me up. But. <laughs> but that's not happening. But.
1: but um, I. I mentioned to John during the break that if there was going to be some sort of like, um, I, I don't want I don't want an Ohio State you know Penn State game to annually be in Cleveland or Ohio State Michigan State because obviously Ohio State Michigan is not going to be uh, in a neutral site game.
0: Um, Nor should it ever right, be right. under any circumstance, <laughs> unless be, we're playing in a national semifinal.
1: There was about to be a riot when there was discussion of Ohio State Michigan not being the final game of the regular season. Um, of the things Dave Brandon ever did as a uh, athletic director at Michigan. That's the one thing he got right with a leak in that story.
0: I, I'd be okay if they ever decided to play the one when it's scheduled to be at Michigan and move it to the Dome up there. That'd be okay with me.
1: <laughs> you know, we, nobody would complain about that. Um, but, you know, if, they, if, there was, if Kentucky said, hey, do you want to play a three-game series? We'll come to your place, you come to our place, and then we'll play in Cincinnati. I would be all right with that. Or West Virginia said, hey, you want to play a three-game series where – uh, we, we come to Cleveland and Columbus and you come to Morgantown. I got no problem with that. I, I like, I, I, I don't actually, I don't mind neutral site games as long as it's, if Ohio State's going to lose a home game every year or something like that, then, then no, I don't want, I don't want that to happen. But every once in a while, and I don't want to be like Alabama where every damn year they're playing in Orlando or they're playing in Charlotte or they're playing in Atlanta to start the season. I don't want to do that. But every once in a while, if you can get a marquee opponent or at least somebody bigger than your San Jose states or Kent states or whoever, I think it would be cool to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, you either have to do something to help the mid-major programs in your state by playing them right. and allowing them to experience that profile and a little bit of extra money that may come from the NFL side of things. Or you've got to make it a marquee matchup. And I'd say this, if Alabama is willing to play somewhere besides Atlanta for their neutral site game, let's play them in Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> I think that'd be great, but I'll bet they'll never agree to it. Right.
1: Well, and at that point you're losing um, it, you know, the horseshoe sits 105,000. Bryant Denny is 90,000. There's no point to sit in, you know, go to a go to paul brown stadium where it's sixty six thousand. but
0: you're what, right on what's if, the average cost of a ticket at ohio stadium uh more than you would so i'm just saying right you go you, you go a 30 percent increase in every seat costs that where if you play it at, at, at paul brown stadium or you
1: know when they played um you know earlier in the season when they were like
0: please for the love of god somebody <laughs> buy tickets to our game
1: you know maybe that wouldn't be so bad to play in cincinnati but uh I just – I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily if every once in a while where once every five or six years where, say, somebody from another Power Five conference says, hey, would you want to play in – if Tennessee says to Ohio State, hey, what do you think about a four-game deal? You come here, we go there, we play in Cincinnati, and we play in Nashville. Let's do it. Like, that would be cool to me that you're playing these guys four times over the course of a decade or whatever. You're playing – in, you know, NFL stadiums or whatever, I have no problem with that. But if it's just a, like the one off when they played TCU in Dallas a few years ago, like, oh, okay, well, that, that, that doesn't really do anything for me. Was
0: that the game that TCU ran the coolest kickoff yes. return thing ever when the guy laid down? Yeah. And that was, that was, yeah. Yeah. Not a great night for the Buckeyes. I mean, no. bottom line turned out okay. Ryan but... Day
1: got a win as the interim head coach because Urban Meyer's an idiot. Uh, recurring theme. But, uh, <laughs>
0: But he, yeah, was... he kept that hidden really well for quite some time. Well, he, tra- he did his <laughs> did a damn good job there. I don't. I don't know if I'm if I'm Ryan Day. Well, if I'm Ryan Day, who cares about all this stuff? Like we're good. We, we'll play wherever. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's too altruistic to say this. I, I don't like when college games get moved off campus. Period. Yeah. I mean, in, in any game, should be on a campus. Well, no, it's I I I think it's. It's really bad in college basketball
1: where Ohio State's for a very long time, their premier non conference games did not happen at the shot. Right. Where it was it, it it was really, really, really bad. And now they're trying to rectify some of that. But it's still not great where the only time you get to see some premier conferences play each other is in Maui or Atlantis or wherever in preseason play. Outside of the ACC Big Ten Challenge or whatever, um, they've tried to rectify that. But even you know the Champions Classic between UCLA, Kentucky, um, Ohio, Ohio State, State and it, it those games don't happen on campuses where if you want to build future college basketball fans, by God, put them in front of people.
0: Well, and, we'll and, and again, it's really tough to treat the two sports like the same animal because they're not. Right, but but, but the, col- the college the um, college campus stadium is one of the rare situations where being on campus actually allows you to make more money because of the behemoths that are the stadiums that these teams play or stadia I don't is that is that a real word stadia I don't know but I mean you know Penn State Michigan State Ohio State uh, Bryant Denny and Tuscaloosa you you don't have pro uh, stadiums that seat that many people I mean there are a small number out there and Jarrah World might be the one that. That's why right. every 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 football game that doesn't get played on a campus seems to get played there, or one about one out of every two seems to get played there. It makes sense, but and again, also we are talking about Ohio, so you've got a very small window of time when it makes sense not to play a game on campus from a from a weather perspective and all those other things. Like when you go to some of these other locations, you can play in a stadium because there's so much connected to the game that's imp- maybe an improved experience. It's not going to be the case in Ohio outside of your first. Maybe three or four games of the season, because then you're starting to get into weather-related stuff, right. and you definitely want to be on campus when those things happen. You want your student body uh, to to be right there. I would I would assume. I I don't know that there's a real real downside to doing it from a from a PR perspective and a money perspective and and exposure perspective. But Ohio State's put themselves in a position as a football program where they don't have to give a lot of thought to those kind of things. They're driving no. that bus. They're yeah. not they're not trying to <laughs> right. get on it.
1: They're right. They're not along for the ride. They, <laughs> they're not trying to get they on. They are bus. driving it.
0: Let's take a Don as jeweler timeout. When we do, we will come back. And we've got an open segment, and so I'm going to talk a little NBA, uh, just a little bit. But before I do that, how about this? Did you see these today, Garrett? Fun facts from the NBA? I did not. 2013 feels like a long time ago, right?
1: It, it, it incredibly does.
0: It's not terribly long ago. It's not. Eight years, 2013. Did you know there were obviously 10 starters in the 2013 NBA All-Star Game, and of those 10, seven of them are still active? did not know that. Did you know that Chris Paul is the only one of those seven that doesn't play for the Nets or the Lakers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did not know that.
0: How's that for a fun fact Ooh, in the NBA? That
1: is a fun fact. I got
0: four more where that came from. So if you enjoyed that, stick around. Folks. Right. It's time for a Don Jenkins Dueler timeout. Garrett and I will be back after this on Lima Sports Radio, 931 the fans. We are back inside the Basement Doctor studio. Thanks for joining us here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Or if you are joining us at 93.1TheFan.com or on the free 93.1 The Fan app, we do appreciate it. It is the opening night for the NBA and has, has become the custom. There are only two games on quote-unquote opening night, a full slate tomorrow night. Two games tonight. The Nets are going to Milwaukee. By the way, Milwaukee's going to get their rings. I don't know how many people know this, but it's typically not the greatest night for the home team after they get their rings. <laughs> Just so happens that the Bucks are going to be playing, certainly the heavy favorite in the Eastern Conference, not named the Bucs, uh, in the Nets. Uh, in, in a, I suppose it could be deemed as a revenge game. I'm hoping, Garrett, that there will be more talk about what happens on the floor and less talk about who's not playing. Uh, in that game, um, we have not, and by design, not spent much time talking about the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, he's making his choice. And by nature then, or I guess by as a natural outcome, the uh, Nets have made their choice. They don't want a part-time player. They don't want a guy that could play on the road and play in some venues, but not others. Can't play at home, can't practice at home. Um, so he's not going to be a part of things at least or until he makes the decision uh, to, to do whatever he needs to do about his vaccination status. They're, they're being really tight lipped about that as though somehow they're protecting his his HIPAA rights by not saying that he's not vaccinated. He's believed to not be vaccinated, as they say. And can we correct something while we're on the air here? Oh, he 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 on his Instagram live last week said, I am not
1: vaccinated." So he, I managed he has, to miss that. He has I'm, officially said he is not vaccinated. Okay.
0: Well, I, I we we need to eliminate a word from the English language because I'm I'm like the word police. Uh-huh. Unvaccinated is BS. There's no no one is unvaccinated. You are either. You are either vaccinated or you are not vaccinated. Unvaccinated can't really be the because when you are unemployed, it means you were and now you're not. When you are. When you get undressed, you were dressed and then you chose to be not dressed. You got undressed. You
1: sure sure I wasn't born undressed?
0: (laughs) No, you were were born (laughs) naked because you were never dressed. So you were born... But So stop with the unvaccinated. People aren't vaccinated and then become not that anymore.
1: But it's easy to say.
0: It it is. (laughs) So is non-vaccinated. Same number of syllables and it makes more sense. So Mm. I'm just on word police. I'm just... That's me. And... it's not a political issue. I'm not going to talk politically about vaccination. I'm just going to say, let's just use more appropriate grammar.
1: I disagree
0: <laughs> bigly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Very well said, Mr. Right <laughs> After the Bucks and the Nets, and I'm going to go out on, on a limb here and say the Nets are going to just throttle them on their home floor on ring ceremony night. Then the Lakers are going to, going to take on uh, the Golden State Warriors. And the Lakers are what the Lakers are. I mean, it's LeBron, and it's Russ, and it's AD, and... And they got a, uh, they really did cobble together a very nice roster of other guys outside of that. There's a little bit of age on that roster, especially some of those perimeter guys. I didn't the, know Wayne they, Ellington was still able yeah. to play in the league, and he's going to be an important part of their their bench rotation. It sounds like
1: their average age is thirty years old.
0: That's uh, yeah, thirty years old. Yeah, that's 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 okay. that's, that's steep, but it will serve them well on some on some level. Um, I'm excited about the start of the NBA. I do think that there's going to be a ton of uh, jockeying for playoff position that's really not going to matter about who's got home court and who doesn't. I think that's going to be less important than some people think. But it's going to be an interesting NBA season, and it starts tonight. And on our way out, I'll throw you one more interesting NBA fact. The 2021 NBA Finals were the first NBA Finals since 1977 to feature to feature no former NBA champions. Not a single player on either roster had a championship, and that's the first time that's happened in the NBA Finals since 1977. Time for another Don Gingas Jeweler timeout. We're going to come back, recap our poll questions, and take a good look at the college basketball top 25 that's out. He's Garrett, I'm John. We're Cookie and the Monster. This is Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And hour number two, straight ahead. Quick hour in the books. If you missed any of it, you can pick it up on our podcast. Cooking the Monster is a podcast each and every day, both hours in podcast form. If you want to catch what you may have missed. Uh, Garrett, before we get into hour number two and get going with our discussion of the college basketball preseason top 25 that is now out and, and, and part of what you want to discuss, what that has to do with name, image, and likeness, before we get to that, uh, let me ask you a question: If you had to rank the, the the shooters in the NBA that you've watched in your lifetime, how far would you get down the list before you named Ray Allen? Ah, uh, not far, not far. I mean, he's got to be top ten. Yeah. for most humans. Yeah. So h- here's a fact for you: The Warriors play the Lakers tonight, so he'll get it. He'll get a head start on this. And we'll see how this happens. Oh. It, if, if Steph Curry misses his next five hundred three-point field goal attempts, he's going to have a, a higher career three-point field goal percentage than Ray Allen at the end of that 500-miss streak. That,
1: uh, that is a... I, I don't know that you can even, like wrap your brain around that
0: I, I i i know the math is the math and it's not debatable but and i don't know how much better of a shooter than ray allen steph curry is but i know that if he starts playing tonight and he doesn't have to make a three no matter how many assuming he's going to shoot roughly 500 by the time we get to january uh maybe late january he's gonna he it, it could miss them all and still be shooting a better three-point field goal percentage than ray allen just an interesting fact for me and he's pulling up from you know like just inside half-court. Ray, Ray Allen,
1: I don't believe, had uh, that range.
0: Not quite that kind of range. He was locked and loaded, and he could let it go pretty quick, but not that kind of range. So that, that's just... We, we can get back to the... So, college basketball top 25 is out. Uh, we did touch on it very, very briefly yeah. uh, the other day. Very briefly. Gonzaga is... The runaway choice to be number one in the preseason, which is great for them. It used to be if they could get to number one, it was a a, a kind of a program milestone. Now this will be the second year in a row they've been number one in the preseason, um, which has dampened a little bit, I suppose, the excitement because they absolutely got mollywhopped <laughs> in the national title game yeah, by it. Baylor, uh, got manhandled, and the team that they knocked off in the national semifinal with a basically just inside half-court buzzer beater by Jalen Suggs. The UCLA Bruins are locked in at number two in the country in the preseason with an awful lot of talent returning uh, from that roster. Both teams obviously with a ton of talent back. Um, A lot of the usual suspects, some not so much. I I, got to be honest, Garrett. I love college basketball, and I always will because, again, the campus experience and all that stuff is great. I love the basketball itself, although I do believe that the the quality of basketball at the college level has declined consistently over the last 10 or 15 years because guys don't stay in college very long. I still love the game. I am struggling to get really super excited about college basketball this year because there are so many cases where I don't know who the hell's playing for who. The transfer portal's just been unbelievable.
1: Well, n- n- and then you throw out, uh, you know, uh, blue blood like North Carolina, where they've experienced turnover at the head coaching position. Duke is about to experience head coach uh, turnover at the head coaching position, um, and it, the, for the most part, the, um, the the big teams aren't really interested in, in playing each other as as the big teams. They're not. Uh, um, and it's gotten a little better, and I mentioned it in the last hour, where uh, just for instance, um, we talked about not having gigantic games on on campus sites where Ohio State's non-conference games, the ones that you might care about, are um, Xavier. They are at Xavier, I believe is at Xavier. It says at Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio, so I have to assume that's on campus. Um, Center Center's part, a great place, too. That's part of the Gavit games. They play Seton Hall in Fort Myers, Florida. They'll play Florida or Cal in Fort Myers, Florida. They'll play Duke at the shot. That's a great get. They'll play Kentucky in Las Vegas. (laughs) They got the New Orleans privateers coming on December 28th. So, whoa, look out for that. Um, But a lot of those big, gigantic blue blue blood schools aren't real interested in playing each other. And they're not really interested in playing high-quality mid-majors either. So you don't get a lot of great matchups that, coupled with, you don't know who the hell anybody is. You don't know wh- where th- where they are, how they got there. And there are some coaches that don't drive that bus like they used to. It's not a great recipe for uh, high viewership, I don't think.
0: Well, and, and again... It- it gets said at length, and I, I don't disagree with the people that say it, when the people that say it aren't what I would call diehard basketball fans. They are fans of the college game experience, and they talk about the fact that the regular season doesn't have meaning because of the tournament. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say the NCAA tournament is the greatest event on the sports calendar and want to have a... a do or die every single game regular season. You can't have both. And, and the, the way they have things, I would like to have them continue. Uh, I think we get pretty good regular season matchups. The tournament is great. I, don't, I just love the basketball. So I'm not trying to say that every regular season game has to have the kind of meaning that it has in football. And mm-hmm. I, I hear smart people who cover sports for a living complain about the regular season in college basketball but then laud the tournament. And I'm telling you, you can't have both. And if you don't think I'm right, watch what's going to happen in football when it goes to 12 or 16 teams in a college football playoff. The regular season is going to feel less meaningful. That's the way it works.
1: And but- I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I don't I don't mind. I, I just think there instead of there being two or three games a year that will have gigantic playoff implications, if they expand to 12 teams, there will be dozens of games every year that have gigantic playoff implications.
0: Well, I just want the matchups. I don't care if it impacts the postseason that much or not. I really don't. I want to see good good teams play against each other, and I don't care what the sport is. Let's go ahead and go. Uh, we've got a caller on Mark on line one. Mark, are you there? hey guys. Hey, how yep. are you? I, uh, good. I, I'm
2: big into the regular season for college basketball, especially the last couple of years, because I do think the quality of games over time here these next two years is going to pick up with the committee not doing, you know, the quadrant win, you know, against ranked teams because now you really don't get penalized as much if you lose um, to a really good team. And in fact, I mean, there are committee members that say playing a tough road game against a quality competition, losing that game now is, is almost better than a win against a crappy team. So I, I do think this is going to help make the regular season a little bit more meaningful the one, to me, and you know, honestly, the the tournament, the actual conference tournaments that they play, I hate them. There's, I've never liked those. It's, to me, a gimmick. Like, the tournament itself, amazing. Nothing, nothing can detract from that. And I love the regular season tournament, you know, the regular season champion, because it's a slog to get through, you know, 18 to 20 games that you play and have an ultimate champion. So... If there's anything that they could do without in college basketball, to me, it's the ridiculous conference tournaments that we play. You know, some teams playing five games in five days, you know, if you're talking to the ACC, because it does nothing for you unless you're one of those four or five football teams really trying to get in.
0: Yeah, Mark, I couldn't agree with you more. They're not going anywhere because they are an absolute monstrous money maker, and that's why they were created, and that's why they exist. I've made the argument before: leave the tournaments in place, but I would still rather see the regular season champion from a conference get the automatic bid. And they won't do that because it takes away from the meaning of the tournament. Well, people are going to watch the tournament anyway. People are going—I mean, networks are going to pay to put it on. Those those smaller conferences that are are giving away—you know—making their automatic bid go to their conference tournament champion. That's what adds the excitement. I think it's unfortunate. I I don't like the fact, because what you said about the regular season is true. I don't like the fact that we we take a four-day event and we give somebody a tournament bid based on that when we took four months to determine who was really good, and one bad day can undo that. I understand that's how we decide a national champion, but that's what you sign up for with a national championship tournament. I think if you really want to reward teams and put them in that dance, you should start rewarding them for what they do in the regular season over four months, not what maybe happens over four days. But that's just my feeling, and I don't think that's ever going to change either.
2: Well, yeah, and, and to me, and I've seen it, yeah, obviously as a Michigan fan, it's something that, that last year came back to bite us when, you know, um, Eli Brooks went down. And then for a while, uh, that was two years ago, Isaiah Livers last year went down. Um, and, and I'm sure we all remember Kenyon Martin in their conference tourney, you know, in that first game that they played. Cincinnati was a juggernaut, you know, when they had. Best team in the uh, country that year. Oh, gosh. You know, the big left handed, uh, the, the Mark, whatever his name was, the guard that they had when they were number one and dominating. They're playing in a meaningless conference tournament, you know, UC's number one seed was guaranteed. I mean, and then he goes down, and it completely changes the entire complexion, and that's always something to me that that weighs because it's like, you know, rarely does anything good come out of the conference tournament. Occasionally you get those teams that we talked about that are bubble teams, but mostly it's negative that come from those
0: well, and and you will see teams that that have to make that decision every year and to start that tournament. It's almost like a, a San Antonio Spurs regular season game. If I'm a, if I'm a team that's bid is locked up and I know I'm going to make the tournament and I get off to a a 16-2 to 2 deficit in a conference tournament, do I just punt and go ahead and go on home and get rested up so I can be where I want to be when the national tournament starts? I think there's always the possibility of that. It's not likely to happen, but it is possible, and, and we've seen teams that commit themselves to that conference tournament, and I've seen Ohio State do it play well enough to get to the semifinals or get to the finals, and then they, they don't appear to have a lot left when the tournament starts for real on that Thursday or, or Friday of the next week. And, and so I don't think there's a, a definite way to fix it, make it perfect. Um, you know, I, I think I love college basketball. I think it's a great sport. I think there have been a lot of negative uh, factors that have impacted it in a way that, that hurts the sport as a whole. But on the whole, I'll take what we have. Mark, thanks so much for the call. Thanks, guys. That was Mark from Van Wert joining us. Uh, we're going to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. One wanted to get Garrett a chance to talk a little name, image, and likeness. We may try to squeeze that in before the end of the program, but we're going to take our break now because we've got to get back for football at 515. I am John Cook. He is Garrett Seawright. I'm Cookie. He's the monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.
1: And service master at your service welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service ServiceMaster, they don't cut corners. They clean them. The college football coaching carousel certainly seems as if it is uh, firing up a little early. John, I don't know if you... Uh, is it firing up early? I, I don't know that there's ever... Uh, uh, and maybe there's one a year or so where somebody gets fired midseason or whatever but
0: listen when when you've played 6 games in a season and a guy gets fired and the AD essentially says to whoever will listen i know we just beat a top 20 team but we really didn't want to leave the door open for us to get hot at the end of the year and lose a chance to get in. And we didn't want to get behind other teams who might be lo- – they, they fired a guy midseason because they want to start the carousel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, it's they, starting they,
1: early by their own admission. Way to go, LSU. Solid. They want to hit the start on the carousel. Um, USC, I think, it was in the same vein. And I don't know I, – I don't, I don't know what you gain by – starting the carousel early because it ain't like if you think Luke Fickle is your guy or Mel Tucker or whoever. It, it ain't like on two weeks before Thanksgiving they know they go, oh, you know what? Hell with it. We'll see you Cincinnati. I'm going to LA. Like, it, it ain't happening until December or January, so I don't know I don't know what you gain. Um and obviously Nick Rolovich at Washington State is a whole different uh a whole different ball of wax that why that job is opened up. But it is another power five job that is open and people are going to be angling for. And I, I just it, it just seems uh, earlier than normal to me that everybody's trying to get in front of everybody else to make sure they fire their coach so they're at the front of the line to, to get whoever they, they deem as their next wanna be, gigantic wanna be a con- success.
0: You want to be a conspiracy theorist? I do. Rolovich wants the LSU job. Ah, well, uh, So he got himself fired. Now now he'll go get vaccinated.
1: Well, Rolovich wants the <laughs> Liberty job, and when LSU hires <laughs> Hugh Freeze, he can go get the... Uh,
0: Hugh Freeze, how about that? That is a... How, how many guys are going to answer the question about the LSU job in the next... before Saturday? Oh, a dozen. Jim, Jimbo's already answering the question.
1: Well, there's a difference between answering it and lying about it. Well, Who's who's lying about it and who's answering it? They're they're going to
0: answer it with a lie, most of them.
1: Jimbo gave a pretty staunch, I ain't going there, which in my cynical brain leads me to believe that Jimbo
0: Fisher will be the next head coach at LSU when you come out and say, ain't happening. Here's what Jimbo can't say. If we can play like we played against Alabama for the rest of this year, I'm pretty good where I'm at. We play like we did against Mississippi State. Right. <laughs> the rest of this year, LSU is pretty good option if they'll have me. They got a letdown against uh, Arkansas there at LSU, do they?
1: No. All right, all right, well, okay.
0: Who Who else? We got Jimbo.
1: Who else? I see the amount of people who have said that they believe Luke Fickle will be a candidate at LSU. That he uh, he's, he's going to get asked. He has never said I don't want to leave the Midwest, but his wife has said. I don't want to leave the Midwest. And Luke Fickle has said, I defer to her a lot. Uh So, um, that to me, and, and you would then be going to the One Power Five program where it is debatable of whether their fans speak English or not. I don't know that that's a great fit. I think a lot of dudes are going to be asked about it, and I love to see their answers. Like James Franklin was asked about USC, and he never said no. He never said, basically, what he said was a cop out, and it's a perfect cop out. He said, Whatever answer I give, you're not going to like, so I'm not going to give you an answer. You could just say no. (laughs) If you weren't interested, you could just say no. Um, Everybody is posturing. Everybody is pulling strings behind the scenes to try to get whatever they can, either get themselves a raise at their current job or get a better job, and I I find that fascinating every year it happens.
0: I think it's fascinating. I'm just really curious to see who the actual targeted candidates are at LSU because here's what I have always said about LSU when they're good they're as good as anybody in college football um they just seem to be on the periphery more often than not of of that really truly elite four or five program deal I mean Les put together a team that was national title worthy Ed won a national title Saban won a national title um but they have stretches of time where they're good. It's just, to me, it's a unique deal because it's in the SEC, which means winning a national title is going to be just hard it's just because of who you are competing with. But the expectation is that they're going to win national titles. And LSU is either going to find a guy that gets them to stay in the, on the doorstep right there with Alabama and Georgia, or they're going to struggle to find a guy and they could be the next Tennessee. Yeah, and I'm really curious to know who they're going to target because I remember when they hired Jerry Donardo, he didn't end up Man. looking like a great fit. He too. Things, things, things didn't go great for Jerry Donardo. Do they? Do they bother with a guy with quote unquote Midwest ties? I will tell you, a guy that I think I would be curious if I were an LSU supporter. There's a guy coaching at Michigan State right now that I That's, think is very, very appealing.
1: That is who the front runner, by many accounts, is. Is. That's that's gonna be the guy,
0: and I and I hadn't seen, but but there's a guy. He's a Midwestern guy. Is he gonna work in Baton well, Rouge? I don't know. Yeah,
1: so he's he was an LSU assistant in 2000, right? And then had coached at Alabama, I believe as well. Bo
0: Pelini was an LSU assistant once too. Well, that's how'd true. that work out when that's, he went back to be an assistant?
1: Well, uh, they didn't interview him. Apparently, it's one before. of the guys <laughs> that got
0: hired without an in-person interview.
1: <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a hell of a story. Yeah, that way. is. Like, how in the world? Which is probably how you got to not being employed. Um, Coach o. Yeah, I would guess, I would guess probably so. <laughs> you uh, you're hiring dudes without asking them a question.
0: I'm just I, I, it's a fascinating job to me. I don't know that it's quite what they envision themselves to be, but certainly capable of being that. I think it's a very, very important time for LSU and it's a hire that they absolutely positively have to get right. And if they don't get it right, Hello USC, hello Tennessee, hello revolving door. Um, Very interesting. I saw
1: somebody say that when LSU has a quarterback, things go well. And, you know, they're right. With Joe Burrow, um, Matt Flynn, whether that led to, you know, future NFL success or not. Um, And then 2003, I think they had – um, like Matt Mock was their starting quarterback, or um, it was Rohan Davey, maybe, hell, I don't know. But Jamarcus
0: Russell was there, right, at one time?
1: At one time, he, he did, and th- that also didn't go well. Well, don't, don't let his <laughs>
0: NFL implosion right. convince you that he wasn't a really successful college quarterback. No. He was spectacular.
1: Um, but, you know, that sort of bodes truthful when you look at some of the teams that uh, d- didn't fare so well for LSU. Uh, I don't like to be the
0: low-hanging fruit guy. But Urban going to get a call?
1: See, I don't think so. Strictly because...
0: Now that we know Urban enjoys the nightlife, he might really like Baton
1: Rouge. (laughs) I'm sure he would love Baton Rouge. (laughs) But I think um, with the whole like, hey, we've got a pretty bad reputation right now where um, the, the entire athletic department looked the other way while women told us that athletes were sexually assaulting them. Um, I don't know that Urban Meyer's the guy to step into Baton Rouge, but also I don't know that they care. I don't know if they've got a Here, conscience
0: in. Here's what I can tell you. I don't know what the administration at LSU wants. I know that the fan base wants to win football games, period, period, and period. Don't care how They it don't want somebody to come in and be the new sheriff in town and clean up the image of the athletic department. That That can be done by... Uh, You know, they they can hire a a squeaky clean lacrosse coach and they can hire a squeaky clean whatever. They want a guy that's going to win football games. And and I'm just, because it's the SEC, because they've shown the the ability to get to the top of the SEC in spurts, it makes this hire incredibly important. And there's nobody that jumps off the page to me as the guy that's the right fit for the job um, that doesn't already have a really good job. And that's true in a lot of circumstances. It's just like I said, when we watch what's happened to Texas, when we watch what's happened to USC, and we watch what's happened to T- to uh, Tennessee, LSU feels like they could be next in line there. So that's why I'm intrigued by what might happen. See, I feel like there are there are a couple of jobs where you
1: don't put a list together. You wait to see who comes out of the woodwork for you because LSU, Ohio State... Texas, um, Florida, Georgia, Alabama are some of those places where it doesn't matter who I want. But if if Bob Stoops calls LSU and says, hey, wouldn't hate it, that matters to you, right? If Urban Meyer or if Dabo Sweeney says, you know what, I'm looking for a bit of a change after a bad year here at Clemson, y- you're not going to not listen. Like You would be stupid to say, well, actually, we already had our list together, Dabo, and sorry, but uh, you weren't on it. I think it's one of those jobs that you just sort of wait and see, uh, hey, who might uh, who might toss their hat in a ring, and, and, and we'll see.
0: Well, and again, I, it's probably been said down there ad nauseum, and we got people we could probably call and talk to about it. I just don't read that much about it, so maybe I'm missing something here. But to me, I don't think that they should even bother talking to another college coach until they've gotten Joe Brady to say yes or no. That's probably a pretty good way to look at it. I mean, Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator. Well, that, that, that's the like
1: the thing. With, LSU knew that Coach O was kind of this moronic figure that they needed to surround with really great assistants and really good coordinators for them to be successful. That He could recruit till the cows came home, but when it came to X's and O's, you need competent people around him. And then they let those people leave and didn't replace them with really great coordinators behind him. And things went to crap, and they went, oh, boy. This is not good. Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to be good, you morons. And yet, you still let things go the way they did. And now they get to hire a new coach for the 15th time in...
0: 20 years. It's going to be an interesting process to say the least. I'm going to go ahead and say that Joe Brady would turn it down even if offered because I think he wants to be an NFL head coach and he is going to end up being able to do that sooner rather than later. But if it looks like it's not happening and, and being a head coach is really the important thing to get him back to where he wants to be, I mean, if he needs just head coaching experience, I don't think you use LSU as a stepping stone, but it certainly could be that. Even if that's not your intention, I, I think Joe Brady would be the guy I would target, and if, if Joe Brady says no, then I think you know Mel Tucker's probably the the next guy in line. Um, but they they did all this to try and get ahead of some of these other programs, and I'm just not sure that their circumstance that they find themselves in makes them attractive enough, no matter how early they start to get ahead of USC and whoever else might be open this late in the year.
1: And that's my thing is like, who are you trying to to be? Like, who is that guy that just is so important to you that you beat them to the punch? I don't know that that guy exists.
0: Bobby Petrino.
1: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know that LSU's got a conscience. I don't.
0: <laughs> well, Bobby Petrino doesn't, so oh, it'd be that's, a good That's fit. damn sure. Hire Petrino or hire Art Bryles. There you go. <sighs> That would be a good first step for you. We, we need to get to a Don Jiggis jeweler timeout. It's past time. Certainly the coaching carousel is warming up early. We've established that. But the LSU thing is just a fascinating, potentially nightmarish mess that we'll all get to watch unfold. After this Don Jiggis jeweler timeout, we're going to come back and talk a little more Browns football with you. Simple question, is this the worst-case scenario for Cleveland? Mull that over, and you can join us on the other side of this. Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan. Welcome back into the basement doctor studio. Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan. Presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply at work at mce.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. And the Dodgers are out to an early 2 nothing lead, courtesy of a Corey Seager home run. So they're trying to keep uh, from from basically ending their season with a loss today. Is this a must win? No, that's a must win if you're down 3-0. <laughs> not, not technically. But, uh, but... but uh, certainly don't want to put ourselves in a must wins position if the Dodgers uh, Dodgers up 2-0 early. So Garrett the simple question is 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 the circumstance in which we currently find ourselves a quote unquote worst case scenario for the Browns.
1: Yeah. You think so? <laughs> I think I think so. Um if if especially if Baker Mayfield can't go on Thursday. Um he revealed today he has a fully torn labrum in his left shoulder. Um Lied earlier and said it was partially torn. and Now he could be Ben Roethlisberger in that. I don't know. Um, but
0: What do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> you, you got to play You gotta
1: play that up for the camera, man. Yeah. This, see this shoulder? It's not even attached anymore. It's just flopping around on my left shoulder there.
0: Um, well, I keep my hand on top of it. it. stays where it's supposed to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but fully torn labrum. You're missing two tackles. You're two stud running backs. You're... Second, third biggest defensive playmaker. I don't think it's unfair to say.
0: I I would say this: if you
1: feel like you got an offense that you can't put on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield, you are in a bad spot right now.
0: Bad spot. But I, I, the reason I say it may not be worst case scenario is obviously things can always get worse. So I don't want to start worrying about or trying to project outlandish potential twists and turns that that could could change things. I'm going to talk just more about the reality of the circumstance and and some what I think might be some almost predictable things that could make it worse. Both of their running backs are dealing with calf injuries. Is that correct? Yes. Look, (laughs) look, there is nothing that is less predictable from a healing standpoint and from a durability standpoint than an injured calf. We already know that Kareem Hunt is out for multiple weeks. Nick Chubb may or may not play Thursday. He is. He is out. He's definitely yes, out. They, they're okay, a
1: little bit. So he is out.
0: Let's let's just say, for the sake of argument, you manage in uh, a week from Thursday. You you've got one of them back. I, there there is very little security in I'm back when it's a calf. They could hurt themselves. That thing again. Walking between meetings. <laughs> yeah. On and off day.
1: Muscles are finicky.
0: Well, and calves in particular, and I, I said this before. Now, I wish I was a little bit more prepared to give you the exact of it, but Mike Trout got a calf injury in May. Yeah. And he was supposed and... to be out about three weeks. I've played as much baseball since <laughs> May as Mike Trout. <laughs> he did not. He did not come back, back on the field. Again, I don't know that they're the same injury. I know it's the same body part. And I had the misfortune of tearing a calf muscle last winter. <laughs> Now, I have some advanced age. I have some less than less than optimal physical conditioning to begin with. But I'm telling you what, my calf wasn't close to right until the middle of April. And I, I'm just, I don't know that we're worst case scenario because if we start seeing re-injury, particularly to things like that, then I think there's a potential this thing gets worse. Do we feel like Kareem Hunt's going to come back at some point Yes. Do we feel like Nick Chubb's going to come back at some point? Yes. The Baker Mayfield question is maybe the biggest one right now. Um, I, I, I hate to say that it could get worse, but the worst case scenario right now to me doesn't apply because we can talk about the potential return of guys. The worst case scenario is you take any one of those three and possibly two of those three and say there is no return this season. That's the worst case scenario.
1: See, I f- I feel like at this point, when you're three and three, maybe getting that news ain't bad, because you can just full on, hey, we're going to tank and we're tank gonna get, we're gonna right torpedo this bad boy and try again next year. Well,
0: here, just for bleeps and giggles, let's let's ask this question. L- let's say they decide, or they the injury news is worse than they think, and Baker is done. What are they tanking for? Because. Every year, somebody jumps up there and becomes the guy we didn't expect him to be, Zach Wilson. But I don't even see, see if you're tanking, you're tanking for a quarterback. See, that's my, like, the and de- I don't know who that's going to be. The
1: Detroit Lions are not don't have a win, and it's remained to be seen when they're going to get it. And that's the most Lions thing ever that they're going to be get the number one overall pick when like Malik Willis from Liberty is the best quarterback available. Like there, there is nobody who jumps. Like, uh, uh, and maybe you know, Kayvon Thibodeau from. Oregon is the number one overall pick, but that guy's not changing your franchise so much that you know it just changes the trajectory. I think if the Browns get a top five pick, you get, you know, uh, maybe you get uh, uh, another offensive tackle that doesn't cost you as much as Jack Conklin does, or you get a wide receiver who doesn't cost you as much as Odell Beckham Jr. does, or whatever the case may be. You get another defensive playmaker that's the difference. I don't know. But I, I, I just always am under the impression that if you are not going to win the Super Bowl... And Baker Mayfield's got a torn-up shoulder. you got two missing tackles, two of your missing running backs, and you got a decently tough stretch coming up. Make that decision, torpedo it, and try again next year. Now, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody's got the cojones to do it, but you might as well get a top-five draft pick out of the deal if you're going to have just a season that has completely gone off the rails on October 19th.
0: Well, and the reality of of this whole scenario is because we're talking about it and we're not in the building every day and because a lot of our listeners are fans – I, I think that what we're talking about is legitimate fodder in terms of what people are going to consider as possibilities when you look at this team right now. I, I, I again, it, there's no way to know what those running backs are going to be, and I believe wholeheartedly that that Baker Mayfield's, I don't care if it's his non throwing shoulder. I don't care. Yeah, right. He's going to have to have surgery. Right. At he, some point, it's not gonna he's not going to need immediate surgery. surgery.
1: Right. Doesn't matter. That thing's is not going to grow back. Yeah. It's not going to grow back together.
0: Well, and, and if you're if you think you can get him healthy enough to play in another week or two, and you put him on the field, again, without your left tackle, without your right tackle, without a a, a stable running game, then he's going to be asked to to shoulder a load where he's going to be dealing with um, more pressure. I I mean, not just the pressure of being in that job, actual being pressured by the, the opposing defenses. They're going to come at him with everything they've got. I just it's the most frustrating thing for me is to and I'm not a Browns fan, so when I say this, this is coming from a place of pure objectivity. I got so tired of the Browns being bad that I was ready for them to be good. Right. And and now they have everything in front of them that, that the way this season started and the, the the roster construction has been spectacular. The job that the front office has done and they've been coached up over the last couple of years. And I I love Kevin Stefanski. I don't care who you are. If you got a team that looks like this one, you're not going to look like a good right. coach.
1: You are the walking wounded. You're and
0: not, not going to look like and, a good coach.
1: And you're right. They put together a really great roster, and yet here you are at three and three, where everybody goes, man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how they get out of this, and well, so, that's a bad place to be. Humor me here. They're three and three. They are three and three.
0: All right. Looking ahead. Home with Denver. Yep. Home with Pittsburgh. Yep. At Cincinnati. At New England. Just knowing what we know today about this team and the physical condition of this team, those four games, what do you think the Browns are? One and three. Who's the one? Pittsburgh?
1: Pittsburgh. Potentially. Like I, I, th- I, I would write off Thursday. You are not going to win on Thursday. And
0: I, and I heard like, Silverstein say yesterday. Well, at least it's the Broncos. Fortunately, it's the Broncos. Hey, uh, listen, uh, you, uh, that that's not a terrible football team, and it's certainly not one that anybody can sneeze at. That's in the shape the Browns are in. If you take go on that field without your starting quarterback and without both of your starting running backs, you're not playing St. Ignatius. You're playing an <laughs> NFL team.
1: A team started three and zero. I, 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 and I, I, I don't feel great about giving them a win against the Steelers. You're on the road at Cincinnati and on the road at New England. Here's the One and th- three is great during okay, that 4 Here's a scary stretch. thought.
0: You said you don't know when Detroit might win a game. Well, well November 21st, if the Browns aren't healthy and have everybody back, uh, <laughs> Detroit's going to come into Cleveland feeling like maybe they've got a shot. Now, again, that's five weeks down the road. you got to believe right, that things will begin to feel a little better right, by then. Right, but right. my fear would be, especially with those two running backs, that we don't know. Even when they come back, they're not
1: going to be the workhorses that y'all you expect because well
0: and, and and again with Nick Chubb he's he's out Thursday but he's not on the injured reserve correct correct so whenever you put him on the injured reserve isn't it a minimum of 3 games it after is. that yep so let's let's say you have to put him on the injured reserve after Thursday you didn't have so then then you're going to go Steelers Bengals Patriots without him and without Kareem Hunt and then you're going to bring him back maybe against the Lions maybe ooh <laughs> Ooh, that's not, not an appealing right. you, you place are, to
1: be. You are staring four and six in the face.
0: Browns We're... fans, I am personally hoping for better for you, but but <laughs> things look a little bit bleak uh, up there near the lake. And uh, I don't know. I don't, worst case scenario, I hope it is because my fear is it can get worse, and if we watch that happen, it's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly for a lot of our listening fans, and we we, we don't wish that upon them. Certainly, I don't, no matter who my team is that I tend to root for. If my team was good, maybe I'd feel differently, but my team's not. So let's take another Don jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll do poll results, water cooler conversation, Cooking the Monster on Lima Sports Radio. Final segment of Cooking the Monster here on The Fan. Garrett, let's talk poll results for today.
1: We asked which Brown's injury is the most concerning. 58% say Nick Chubb. We also asked, should Ohio State play an annual football game in Cleveland or Cincinnati? Eighty-one percent say no.
0: I got to agree there. <laughs> We've, we we talked that one all the way through. Got to agree there entirely. So I've been given NBA facts. This will be part of my water cooler conversation. I gave you yeah. two, t- uh, three really interesting facts, or at least two really interesting ones, and one that was just kind of there. But fact number four for today. Last season's postseason for Ben Simmons, you know, wasn't wasn't like very memorable. Did not go well. Ben Simmons missed more free throws this past postseason, forty-eight, than Steve Nash missed in his entire playoff career, forty-four.
1: That's not a place you want to be.
0: And here's one for all the 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 Generation Y or whatever the generation this is that we're actually living in now. Young people will will like this better than than the older listeners, and that's okay. We're going to do this anyway. So there are a couple of young guys playing in the league right now um, that have a name that no one else has ever had in the history of the NBA, which I find kind of interesting, at least a little bit. And the reason I say that the young people will get it is because of who it ties into. Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey. Halliburton is a guard for the Kings, Maxie's a guard for the sixers. The only players in NBA history with the first name of Tyrese both got drafted in 2020. and I'm going to say if Tyrese Gibson had never done the
1: That's true. <laughs>
0: the too fast, too Furious uh, franchise that he did, we might not have any Tyreses in the NBA.
1: Probably safe to say.
0: Any water cooler conversation from you on our way out?
1: Uh, UAB is apparently joining the American Athletic Conference. They have a rivalry with Memphis that I did not know about. A rivalry football trophy that is a 100-pound bronze statue of pork ribs. That the battle of the bones is back between UAB and Memphis. I can get on board with a trophy that looks like that.
0: I may actually watch that game (laughs) if I can see that trophy. 100-pound bronze statue. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of Cooking the Monster. We're back tomorrow with a very, very short show. Watch some baseball tonight. Watch some NBA tonight. It's out there. Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan.